three-day weekends during college basketball season are just the greatest things imaginable. And we're coming to you live with breaking news just minutes after Purdue defeats Michigan State in a huge Big Ten matchup. I'm Alan Caps. That's Mikey Watson. This is Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's Division One football. It's the Big Twelve. I've got so many ways to remain love a million ways. I've been thinking enough. Don't Mikey, how you doing? I'm good. The weather's beautiful down here. Like I told you, Purdue just beat Michigan State. I didn't see a minute of it. I'm out soaking up the sun. It's like 77 and, and, and perfect here at 6th Year Senior South, which I, I I don't appear to be at that often anymore. But we're back at 6th Year <laughs> Senior South. It, the weather's great. Everything's good. Got the three-day weekend. We got college hoops. The Booker Man. Was uh, was working overtime on the NFL playoffs over the weekend. We still have more shenanigans, more shenanigans tonight. Uh, it's good. Life's good, man. What's going on? Uh, well, I haven't been flooded out yet. The rivers yet. and creeks owe no more than about forty-five minutes to the east of us. Have the water keeps pouring down toward our way, but for the moment, no trees have landed on power lines, so I have power and I don't have water in my house. I'm good. Ooh, good grief. Yeah, you, you want some rain? Remember when California was in a drought? Yeah, no longer. Yeah, this is what climate change is all about, baby. <laughs> Good grief. Extremes yeah. everywhere. I was say, yeah, yeah, there's no moderation. It, it, it's, it's one end of the spectrum or the other. Absolutely bonkers. And there we go. There's our first great transition of the day. No moderation. That was Purdue and Michigan State wrapping up just minutes ago. Purdue winning at Michigan State 64-63. That still means the only team to beat Purdue in the Big Ten and during the regular season is Rutgers. Frickin' Rutgers. Edie had, what, 32 and 17? Is that what I saw? Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, career high in points, uh, not in rebounds. I, I think he's done 20 a couple times, if I remember correctly. And got the game winner. Yeah. Beautiful drop step. I mean, as soon as they passed the ball inside to Edie, you knew it was all over. 2.2 seconds left. Michigan State got a three off that didn't even hit the rim. Although it took Brutal. like 20 minutes for them to finish that off because of clocks and timeouts and reviews. Teams do not need that many timeouts in college basketball. Don't get me don't get me started on no them. no no reviews we, we, and timeouts <laughs> and all that crap. No, we we cannot get started on tangents beyond the script because the script is huge today as we try to catch up uh, from the holiday break. Purdue leads the Big Ten by a game over Rutgers, who is now alone in second place. Michigan State falls into a multi-way tie with three losses. The only other team with two losses is Michigan. How? How? I Well, no, I know how. Uh, you look at who they played. And they they played play nobody. nobody, yeah. They celebrated beating Northwestern at home on Sunday. That's how bad it's gotten. Take what you can get, but good grief. The, the crazy thing is, back on January 1, they obliterated Maryland 81-46. They've got the rematch coming at Maryland on Thursday. I have a feeling that's going to get turned around. It's, it feels that way for sure. Michigan, there's, there's no juice there at all. No, there's not. I would not be surprised if they finish the season about four games under 500 in the Big Ten. They're certainly trending that way right now. Jawan Howard's got to find the answer there. I, I don't know what it is. So Purdue remains uh, one of five teams now with just one loss in the season. The number one team in the nation, and one of those five, is the Houston Cougars. They are cruising in the American Conference they only beat South Florida by five on Saturday, but it was never really in fear of dropping that game. 
No, not really. It's they've got it on cruise control right now. You you look out here. There's nothing. There's nothing jumping out. I I can. They can run the table. They can run the table here for sure. It's in play. They'll be favored in every game this for the rest. Absolutely. Of the That's for yep. sure. Their next big contest, if you want to call it that, is when they travel to Central Florida on January 25th. But they'll still probably be about a five or six point favorite in that game. On the road, absolutely. On the road. On yeah. the road. It'll be interesting to see if somebody can catch them. But we, yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be set the rest of the way. No doubt. Yeah, they're also number one in Ken Palm. It was close until this past Saturday. Now they have a one point six point lead over Tennessee because were you setting me up for that one? Yeah. Is that what it is up for that one? Yes. Because Kentucky trying to right the ship on their season upsets the balls in Knoxville. Finally make some shots for once. John Calipari sexually harasses Holly Rowe in the post. Oh, jeez, Yes. (laughs) That was bad. That was atrocious and embarrassing. I mean, you can tell, obviously, they're friends, but, yeah, that got a little too comfortable yes. for national television. Yeah, that was, you You just can't, I mean, let, let, let me, let's flip it. If if that, and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think uh, uh, who, if that was, say, uh, any male broadcaster out there, does Calipari act like that? No. Well, you know, actually, Coach Cal might. I mean, and that might be the problem, right? There. You know what? You know, now you say that, I maybe you're right. He so, is so yes, the, handsy the comment, with anybody. The comment because he's a used car salesman. He's a used car salesman. Um, and and, and yeah, it was, it was the common denominator. I can't even say it. The common denominator is John Calipari, and, and who the hell knows? Yeah, that was bad, but that was a big win for Kentucky. I I can't really blame him for being a little excited. He needed that one. He needed that one bad. Is this the perfect example of why Tennessee cannot win the national title? I To me, this is a great example of the fact that they do not have an offense. They do not have a go-to player to get the ball in the basket when they need to. 100%. Every, every single seven seed in the tournament is going to want Tennessee to be their two seed. No kidding. Simple, as simple as that. Because that offense is going to screw Tennessee later in the season when it matters, just like it did on Saturday. No reason Tennessee should have lost that game. That left Alabama and a really surprising Texas A&M team unbeaten and atop the conference. Texas A&M, are, are, are they the SEC's version of Michigan, or are they possibly for real? I think the answer is somewhere in between there. I, I don't think A&M's ceiling is as high as Michigan's ceiling, but I don't think their floor is as low as Michigan's floor either. I think they're a solid team and nothing more. They're fringe, I'll call them fringe top 25, and, and, and they'll beat who they're supposed to beat and lose who they're supposed to lose to, and it's and fairly uninteresting beyond that. So that would probably put them at about a seven or eight seed in the tournament. Something like that, yeah. Yep. Hey, Kentucky, does this change your mind about what kind of team the Wildcats have? Because I mean, before this victory, I really thought this might be another year where we get to mock them for losing in the first round of the NIT to some historical college like Robert Morris. It doesn't change my outlook on them yet. They need to do this a couple more times. And I'm not saying I'm not saying they need to, you know, get get logo wins like Tennessee. You know, they don't they, they don't need top 10 wins here. Although any ones they can get would certainly help. But winning just being able to string a few good performances together would go a long way with me thinking Kentucky might be able to do something here. They've got A&M next weekend. They've got Kansas the week after that. And that's going to be the the real litmus test to see can they get up for, you know, a top 10 uh top 10 game again. This one's at home. Jayhawks coming to rup. So if you know, if they can't get up and really really give Kansas uh a hell of a game, super suspect for the Wildcats. We'll see. I can't see them being able to play with Kansas. I I think that even in Kentucky, 
is probably a double-digit victory for Kansas. I'm going to say, they, yeah, I say this is one of those cases where I, I, I wouldn't be looking for Kentucky to win the game, but I would want them to be able to press Kansas to, for 40 minutes, cover the spread, and, and, and make a game of it. Because that, that's a high ask of a team that I think is on a, on a tier higher than Tennessee. Well, if they can get within single digits, I think they would cover the spread. I think the spread will be right there between about 8 and 10. Okay. Speaking of the Big 12 and Kansas, let's Mm. walk over there to, obviously, the best conference in the nation. We talked last week, or actually, uh, well, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday. I don't remember now. Thank you, John Moxley, for screwing up the pay-per-view plug. The the DVR is all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. But since last Saturday, only one road team has won a game. In fact, this past Saturday, the home teams were 5-0. and So we've gone back to the mean of it's almost impossible to win on the road. Including Kansas coming back to beat Iowa State at uh, Allen Fieldhouse. Which, God, that's, that's two or three times now just this season that Kansas has been on the ropes at home and being able to turn around and pull one out of their ass, and and, and, and those are the types of wins that are going to that are going to swing the division or swing the conference this season. And as usual, it's Kansas that are getting the lucky breaks at home. All the other teams in the league, it's it's fifty fifty winning the winning those close games at home. Kansas, it's like ninety ten every stinking season, and that's why Kansas always wins the Big Twelve. Simple as that. Well, they've also gotten some breaks on the road so far because you look at the two teams that they've beaten on the road, it's Texas Tech and West Virginia who have a combined record in the Big 12 of 0-10. Yeah, our, our, our Kansas State on Tuesday. That's going to be a war. That's going to be wild, absolutely. But it wouldn't surprise me if Kansas State is favored in that game. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, come Tuesday morning. But yeah, I, I, I would I would not surprise me at all if Kansas State's uh, what two point three point favorite in that. Yep, yep, that's about yeah. what I'd make it. That's I mean, that, that's your that's your home court. Uh, yep. Well, it, it's home court's about four or five. I would say Kansas State's home court's five, so that would put it in neutral court. Kansas minus two. That's about right. Probably about right. Yeah. As I mentioned, uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech both zero and five now in conference. West Virginia dropped a big game to Baylor that was a must win for Baylor to get their second win in conference yeah but that really knocked West Virginia oh and five I'm not sure if they can come back from that Texas Tech might be able to not sure about West Virginia I'll say it's 10 team big 12 the dream's dying right now it's it's fading in a hurry so yeah I'm shocked that two teams are oh and five right now yeah I am too. I, I really 100 expect that I we're looking. There's there's 15 team conferences where everybody's got to win. Yeah, it's like Oprah. You get a win. You get a win. You get a win. Yep. Let's move over to the Big East, where Xavier continues to get wins. They beat Marquette 80 to 76 on Sunday. That was a hell of a game as well as a uh, as a warm up to the NFL playoffs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Xavier quietly. 15 and 3, undefeated in the Big East. Sean Miller back in town. I, I'm not r- totally ready to, to 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 buy the Xavier as a as as a true contender here, but you know with Villanova, uh, you know just in an f- absolute free fall, complete dumpster fire. Uh, the post J Wright era not not going good. Somebody had to had to assume the throne here. And it's nice to see the Musketeers filling the void. Uh, Connecticut started out so hot. four and four in league. The league, especially the top half of the league here. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Top half of the league's really, really good. Uh, Xavier Providence has been great. Marquette has been a hard out. That went over. Uh, that went over Marquette on uh, over the weekend. Xavier big time win there. And, and we've got a little got a little space now. Xavier Providence, Marquette's got two losses. Creighton with three, UConn with four. There's a little bit of space for Xavier right now. Can uh, can do they have the the guns to keep this up? I think they have the guns to keep it up in the Big East in the I, league. Yeah, but 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 I still think that may not get them any further than about a Sweet Sixteen come March. I I just don't think the Big East is that good. They've got a lot of 
above average teams, possibly great yep. teams, but they don't have anybody who's absolutely exceptional. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think the top half of the league is really good and it's really competitive, but I don't think the I, I don't think there's a, a high peak there. And like you said, I think Sweet Sixteen, Sweet Sixteen is probably the ceiling I would say for for anybody in in the league. And there's not that's nothing to sneeze at. The league's probably good enough to have two or three teams in the, in the Sweet Sixteen, but I just don't see them with enough top end talent to to make the next step. That's exactly. It. I could see three teams in the Sweet Sixteen, but none of them getting to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Yep. That, 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 I, I got the same feel on that. Let's move over to the ACC, where I'm sure you have some words to say about Clemson's victory over Duke on Saturday. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of words to say, but I have a few. First of all, caught it at the caught it at the new joint down here down here uh, by the highway by Six Year Senior South. So it, it was nice to have nice to have a new uh, local watering hole to catch a game at. So that that was nice. Duke can't shoot. They can play defense, but they can't shoot. Clemson, you're three games up on Duke in the in the conference. You're at home. You were favored. Let's act like you've been there before. There's no need to storm the court for beating this Duke team, all right? Just straight up. No need to storm the court if you beat this Duke team. This Duke team is 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 fine. They're whatever. They're probably going to make the tournament, and they're going to do a whole lot of nothing in the tournament. Although, you remember what I said a few weeks ago. Just keep that in the back of your head. But yeah, they're going to do nothing in the tournament. Uh, you can't storm the court if, if you're Clemson at this point. Act like you've been there before. It wasn't even like a dramatic, you know, final possession win or anything like that. They, they hit free throws in the final minute to, to win the game. Come on, Clemson. You're, you're three games up on Duke. You're two games up on the entire league now. What the hell's going on in the ACC? I'm looking at the top six in the league and I only see one team from North Carolina here, and it's none of the teams from the Triangle. You got Clemson, Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Pitt. My God, what's going on? NC State's feeling frisky. They beat the Hurricanes over the weekend. It's a it, it's a it's a Donnybrook in the ACC. I have no idea what to think right now. Well, I'm just looking at the uh, the conference rankings: Clemson, Miami, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. Uh, I, I think this is the football standing still. I, I, think they <laughs> I think they haven't figured out that this is basketball season yet. You're not wrong on that. You're not wrong at all on that. And, and by the way, I feel that any team that beats Duke this year should storm the court just for vengeance. I don't care if you're like a 20-point favorite over Duke. You storm the court after you beat them. And, and, and just just dunk on everybody. Just exactly. dunk on Shire. Exactly. Dunk on all the, you know I mean? all the usual I, you you, you put up with Coach K for 20-plus years. Storm the court every time you beat them for the next decade. For If, if Coach K ever cut a promo on you in a post game, being all you know condescending like he usually does because you know that's not how we do things here at Duke and all that crap you know yeah just just do it just do it. yeah yeah just pay back for that I, I I'm fine whatever but I I expect a little more out of Clemson and uh and, you know, Brad Brownell's pretty good coach I I, I think they I, I think they might have something here Clemson's tough as hell and I think they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be a handful going I I don't think Clemson's a Final Four team or anything like that but I think they're good enough to give your top-end teams fits and make them work for it for 40 minutes. So I, I'm interested to see how the rest of the ACC season is going to play out You know, with your big dog, you know, with Virginia, with Carolina. Can they fight from underneath now and, and scrap back into the, uh, into the ACC uh, standings? Because it's a mess out there right now. Virginia's two games back. Carolina's three games back. Pittsburgh's in the mix. And Clemson's undefeated in the league right now. Absolutely bonkers. So Clemson's at Wake Forest on Tuesday, and then they're at home against Virginia Tech and home against Georgia Tech. So that might be a loss, but if they can squeak out that Wake Forest game, that puts Wake Forest three games back as well. I, I'm not sure I see. And geez, after that, it's Florida State and Boston College. Now, I, I know see Clemson losing unless they lose to Wake Forest. You're right on that. And I know Florida State and Boston College are on the road. Duke struggled at Boston College because, again, they can't shoot. Florida State's been a nightmare this season. But, again, it's in Tallahassee, historically, really tough place to play. But, yeah, if Clemson can get by Wake here, 
that looks like that looks like a, a, a good stretch there until they get uh, into February where they've got the rematch with Miami at home because they beat Miami. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I've got my I've, I've got my underdogs mixed up. They beat Pitt, not Miami. They beat Pitt. See, so football, now they've got to play Miami. Telling you, football. It, it is football. It's, it, it's it's all running together now. Good grief. Let's go to the Pac-12, where you'll never not distinguish basketball from football. <laughs> Arizona lost at home to Washington State in midweek and then just got railed by Oregon, 87-68. Bad losses. And Arizona also before that barely squeaked past Washington. I'm not sure what's happening with the Wildcats right now, but they're 4-3 and three after going 11-0 in their non-conference schedule. I'd chalk it up to, you know, just it's January blues. You got to start going on the road in the league, things like that. But it does kind of feel like something's just off. They lost it home to Wazoo. Like, well, how does that happen? Something's not right. I don't know what it is. I'll give them a couple more weeks just before I totally start to panic. But, yeah, something's, something's off. Well, I, I think they'll start to panic if they, they, they've got the Southern California schools coming to their place this week. Yep. I can see them losing to UCLA, and it wouldn't be that bad, but if they lose to USC, uh, it's panic time. By the way, UCLA leading the conference right now, riding a 13-game winning streak. Bruins look good. Bruins look really good right now. But again, it's yeah, I, I, you, you, you see it with other teams. You get into January, you start to play conference games on the road, and, and, and it starts to get tough. We'll see. You, see, you mentioned UCLA. They've got, the, they've got the Arizona swing, you know. The other way around, Arizona State and at Arizona Thursday, Saturday. So something to keep an eye on with for, for the Pac-12 leaders right now, too. And since we're over on the West Coast, let's take a look at Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. We mentioned in the midweek show last week that Gonzaga had gotten very lucky with USF and Santa Clara. And guess what? Against BYU, once again, they trail most of the game. And then get a winning bucket with, I think it was 10 seconds left to go, to go 3-0 and to start the West Coast season on the road. Yep, and it's like all of a sudden, you bag those three wins on the road, and Gonzaga, they're home free. They're going to win the league again. And I know St. Mary's is still undefeated in the league, but St. Mary's is going to have to go play on the road too. They haven't done that yet, and, 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 and it's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. The first meeting of Gonzaga and St. Mary's is at St. Mary's on February 4th. Have you noticed that St. Mary's is ranked higher in the Ken Palm rankings than Gonzaga? I did see that earlier earlier this week. So that, that that's an interesting little touch. They are number nine as far as Ken Palm is concerned. And of course, not ranked in the AP or USA Today poll or coaches poll, of, whatever you want to call it. Of course not. They don't have the name. They don't have the Gonzaga name. Gonzaga's ranked, still. Of, of course, of course they are. We mentioned at the start of the show, there are only five one-loss teams left. We've talked about three of them, Purdue, Houston, and Kansas. The other two are Florida Atlantic and Charleston. Florida Atlantic survived a late attempt by North Texas to knock them off on Saturday, 66-62. Janelle Davis, 16 points off the bench as Florida Atlantic struggled for about 30 minutes in that game. FAU just plugging along there in CUSA. Quick, unrelated to basketball, uh, but but of interest to this show. Did you see uh, for Florida Atlantic's new transfer quarterback broke today? N- no, I don't think so. Hank Bachmeyer transferred to FAU, going across the ocean. Oh, really? Yeah, I was I was I was stunned by that. That's that's interesting. He's a California kid going out to FAU. It was why I did not see that coming at all. I mean, I I don't really see him fitting into the Florida Atlantic offense, but uh, nope. We'll we'll see what happens there. I know, very very, very odd, very odd. non basketball. No, the other one lost team is Charleston, who is ranked now. I think they're twenty second uh, yep. out of the Colonial Conference. They also hold the longest winning streak in the nation at 17 games. Lost to North Carolina second game of the season. I think it was the, I think I said the opener last week. They escaped Wilmington 71-69 on Wednesday. Raucous environment in Wilmington. That's a that's a really good win for Charleston. It's it's good. it's one of those where uh, oh they beat UNC Wilmington. That was a hornet's nest. 
and uh, and the Cougars came out with a win somehow. Big, big time win there. If both of these teams finish the season with one loss, how high do you think they'll get seeded in the tournament? If they run through and win their conference tournaments, I could actually see my, – my guess is they'd be like in that 6-7 range. That's my guess. I, I know Charleston's ranked. But I got a hunch that when they actually dig down, oh, they're gonna, oh, they really haven't beaten anybody, and and they're not going to get that any extra bump to get them up to like a a four or five. I think it's six seven tops. You know that might not be that bad. A six wouldn't be bad because then they they wouldn't have to play a one or a two. And I think exactly. I, I think the talent really dips after about the first six or seven teams in the nation. I think a three seed would definitely give them the ability to uh to advance in that uh second round or third round yeah it's the second it's the second round let's, second let's, round let's, yeah it's, it's it's not the we're not we're not, we're not talking calling the, the first round you know it's not the first second third you know no no it's the it's the playing game in this first second sweet 16 let's, you know but yeah, yeah no, the, no the six seven would fall would, would would break okay okay in that case you don't want to be the eight obviously no no, and yeah. really, you don't want to be a seven. I don't think you want to be a seven. There's too many talented twos. But I think once you get into the three... Except for Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Hey, okay, really quickly. You, you know how much we bitched about defense and, and how awful that makes football look. Yet, wouldn't you pay good money to watch a Rutgers-Tennessee basketball game? Oh, God. That, that'd be a war. That'd be fantastic. See, that's, that's what makes basketball great. Defensive slugfest in basketball are fun. Defensive slugfest in football are boring. Yeah, you're still hating on that Alabama LSU 2011 game. Ridiculous. Absolutely. No, I, I was actually just hating on the entire Iowa season. <laughs> and, and see, I'm okay with the I'm all, I'm okay with the defensive games of basketball, but it can't be in the style of Virginia. There's just garbage basketball. No, because that, that's not defense. That's that's slowing down the offense. There's like exactly, exactly. No, we're no, we're not going to try to make any single offensive rebound at all. Screw it, man. Forget that. Come on. So if you are, if but. <laughs> Here, no, no, no. Step back, old man. I got this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, we don't want to see any slow down basketball, but if you need to slow down, take a break, get your breath, and refresh those batteries, hit up our girl, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She is on a blitz right now. Pumping out cruise after cruise after cruise. Royal Caribbean's running sales right now. Uh, she can hook you up with the best deals on the best ships. Wherever you want to go out of. South Florida, California, somewhere in the Gulf. Whatever fits your vacation schedule, she can hit you up and take care of your next awesome getaway. Whether it's you and the girls, you and the guys, you and the family, whatever it is. Hit her up. She's all over social media. WP Magic Journeys on Twitter, Facebook. If you can even work on Twitter anymore. They killed the APIs this week, so you can't even use a third-party shit right now. I'm pissed off about that. But yeah, find her on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. She'll give you through. Ah, nope, the, 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 the UGA deal expired yesterday. $25 off your next trip deposit if uh, if you tell her that you heard about her on 60 or Seniors. Customized, customized itineraries for you and your traveling crew. She could take care of your next vacation. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. That was a very nice transition. Way to go. Saved Thank my you. butt. Before we go back into basketball, I, I want to take one tangent off of the sport and give a quick Rest in peace to Robbie Knievel, Evil Knievel's son, and probably the last great stunt showman who's not in it for reality television buzz. Exactly. Exactly. Died at the age of 60, attempted to jump the Grand Canyon unsuccessfully, succeed at jumping Caesar's Palace where Evil nearly died. That's right. But what I remember most about Robbie Knievel, and I posted this uh, video on Twitter, and I, I didn't realize now that the poor interviewer who had to deal with this was the very famous interviewer, Craig Sager. 
I I totally forgot that until you sent me that video. <laughs> I remembered it because I was still in the business at the time. And one of the first things that you're taught, I, I never worked in television or radio, and it's especially true in television. You never, ever give up your microphone. Yep. And poor Craig Sager, not without a fight, but Robbie Knievel takes the microphone from him and and just goes on a monologue for about three or four minutes. Sager tries to grab the mic from him three or four times. You could tell they were trying to get out of a break. Yep. <laughs> and Robbie keeps turning on him. He's like boxing him out so he couldn't get the microphone back. It's classic video footage. It was a shoot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I, I've never had to deal with that because I've always been a pen and paper guy. But I, have, have you ever, like, you know, done a presentation or something and had somebody pretty much steal your mic, steal your thunder, and you couldn't get it back? I have. It hasn't happened to me, but I have seen it happen to other. And it's, it's so awkward, and so bad. In, in fact, to use a to use a comparison, this kind of happened on on a conference call at the shoot job a couple of weeks ago. And, and it was so bad where you start getting text messages from other people on the call live that are like, oh my God, this is, this is bad. He needs to shut up. <laughs> that was that in real life on television. So, I mean, yeah, so you know it was bad. That just reminds you of talking about the shoot job. And I'll make this quick. I had a coworker who was just adamant that they knew about something. And I knew they didn't. Uh-huh. Um, so we had this interview or we had this uh, conference with the customer and all of a sudden she starts stumbling over what the process actually does and how to do it. Oh, no. And it, it was the same thing. All of a sudden I had texts coming into me going, going, why don't you step in? Why don't you step in? You know this. I said, no, she says she knew it. And I, I was just ready to let her drown on herself. Yep. <laughs> she said she knew. <laughs> I knew Brutal. she didn't. Yep. <laughs> I hope she learns from this. <laughs> but yeah, Robbie Knievel, rest in peace, died at age 60. Let's get back to basketball. We're going to go west to east, starting with the Big West. West Coast bias, come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> UC Irvine and Santa Barbara playing late tonight. Irvine is unbeaten. Santa Barbara has one loss, along with Riverside and Hawaii. So that's going to be a really fun matchup. Uh, I think it's going to start probably about the time this episode drops. If the Gauchos can steal this one on the road, I like UCSB to to to, to take the take the conference. I, I this game really feels like whoever wins this game wins the league. That's what it feels like fr- fr- from the outside. I can see that, although Riverside, I'm interested to see what Hawaii is going to do this week. They're the wild card. The, the Bows are the wild card here. Yeah, they're, they're coming across the ocean, really coming across the ocean yep. this week. They're at Irvine on Thursday and Riverside on Saturday. If they can split those, Hawaii is a serious contender for the Big West title. 100%. Completely agree on that. In the Western Athletic Conference, Seattle picks up a huge win at Utah Valley, 85-80. That was a battle of unbeatens. And with Southern Utah beating Stephen F. Austin on Saturday, Seattle is now the lone unbeaten in that conference. Seattle, Utah Valley lurking around here. Good, good solid four there at the top of the league. Oh, I'd, I'd say it's more like about six or seven. Uh, you, gotta you can't, you can't write off Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's in there too, for sure, yeah. yeah. The WAC is super, super talented. Uh, whoever comes out of that is going to be a real threat to whoever their first-round opponent is. If there was ever a league that needed the East and West divisions, it's the WAC, but they don't, so I mean, whatever. <laughs> well, no, I, I found one that's going to be worse. I, I, I realized my issues with the league... And, and what they can do about it. We'll get oh, to it no. in a bit. In the Mountain West, San Diego State beat Nevada 74-65 on Tuesday, then turned around and lost to New Mexico 76-67 on Saturday. Boise dropped the hammer on Wyoming the other night. God, Mountain West is good. Mountain Mountain West uh, top, top half's looking great right now. I really think this might be a case again where if the Pac-12 
underperforms the Mountain West may be able to steal a bid that they otherwise would have gone to the Pac-12. If they could and, just and, win some games in the tournament. In week. the tournament, exactly. That's the thing. I'm I'm hoping that the committee bias does not punish this year's Mountain West contenders for last year's Mountain West underperformance. I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I can see it happening too. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. Because you know, they've got some talent there. UNLV, for instance, they are 1-4 in the conference right now. Home losses to San Diego State, Boise, and Colorado State. All very surprising. This is a very talented team who can really frustrate you with an end-to-end defense. Yeah. Just constantly knocking balls out of the way. Pick up a few strays. They get a lot of points off turnovers. I'm really surprised that they started 1-4. and four. Yeah, 11-1 and one out of league, and then and then comes in like this. Just absolutely crazy the a lot of depth in the mountain west and it's going to be another another fun another fun season it's already shaping up over in the big sky eastern washington is riding a seven game win streak they're unbeaten in conference they have definitely bounced back from losing the grove brothers two years ago remember when they had that really good game against kansas in the first round of the ncaa tournament that's right yep and then both of the brothers left for oklahoma well they bounced back with a very tall guard tandem of 6'6", Tyrese Davis, and 6'7", Steel Ventures. Uh, you don't see that kind of height in the big conferences in your backcourt. Yeah, exactly. Easter Washington, bounce scoring attack. They got five guys that can, that can give you double digits on any, any given night. Easter Washington looks really good right now, the big sky. They're on the road this week. We'll see if they can keep that winning streak alive. Uh, they're at Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona. Bottom half of the league there, you would think, you, you know, you could be able to cruise. There are no such things as a bad road conference win. Not at all. Our last pseudo West Coast conference, the Summit. We're going to look again at Oral Roberts, who rebounded off that loss to New Mexico with a couple of more Summit wins, and they remain unbeaten in conference. They're going to North Dakota for a pair this week. They should be favored in both, but my God, going to North Dakota is a trek. It's a little bit of a, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you're in South Dakota. Going to North Dakota is a haul. Uh, if you're in North Dakota, going in the ex- North Dakota ex- is a trek. Exactly. exactly. That is the bleakest state. If anybody wants to, you know, leave the United States, there it is. North Dakota. Just, you can go. You can be Canada. You'd be part you of Canada, be absolutely. East, you, know, you can be southern Canada. <laughs> South Manitoba or whatever that is. <laughs> Maybe it's Saskatchewan. I can't remember where the, where, where the borders are at. But Canada needs a new province. Oral Roberts cruises along in the summit 6-0. The Golden Eagles, I think they're going to be able to cruise here. Over in the Ohio Valley, we have a burgeoning Cinderella story. SIU Edwardsville leads the conference with their only loss being to Southeast Missouri State. They started the season at Ken Palm 278. Now they're oh, at Lord. 158. Quite the climb out of the hole right there. 14 and 5. Definitely something to keep an eye on because they're, they were off the radar when we started the season. Not only could they make the tournament, I think they could get out of a 16 play-in. And either way, I think this is the first time Edwardsville would be in the tournament. I don't ever remember them being there before. I'm almost positive this would be a first for them. Heading toward the Midwest now. Let's talk about the Horizon Conference, where Antoine Davis makes 11 threes and 41 mm. points against Robert Morris. He's now third in the all-time collegiate leading scorers. My God. I, th- th- he was just raining them over the weekend. Absolutely bonkers. 20, he's averaging 26 a, 26 a night right now. And, and, let's, and let's get he's three assists, too. So he's sharing the rock a little bit, too. He could fill it up even more. But I, I just wish Detroit was any good. I mean, Had any town around him, exactly. Yeah, they're three and five in the horizon. So, I mean, we're not going to see him in the tournament. Although, nope. wouldn't it be wonderful if we could, you know, if he could get hot in March somehow. Make the run, the exactly. <laughs> And put up, you know, 40-plus against somebody as a 215 game. That would be awesome. Play play his way into the number one overall draft pick. That'd be awesome. 
So in that game, not only did he move to number three all-time leading scorers, uh, by the way, he's only behind now Freeman Williams of Portland State and, of course, Pete Maravich. Who? Who's Pete? Who? Pete? Who? Who? Uh, but he also became the Who's, who, by the way, still did that in three seasons, by the way. Yeah, without a three-point line. Without a three-point line in three seasons. Just absolute cheat code. Absolutely unfair A comment. Just unbelievable. Yeah, Pistol Pete. I, nobody will ever touch him. No. But anyway, he also became the all-time leader in threes with 513. So there's 513 additional points that Pete Maravich would not have gotten. And I see here on the format sheet who he passed. Yes. Noted, noted Tar Heel killer, Fletcher McGee. My God. Yeah, of Wofford. He's now playing in Montenegro. I think McGee is like seven. Make money where you can make money. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've heard some of the stories of the guys playing in Europe telling, telling their stories. By getting paid and and, and and having to having to smuggle their money out of, through the airport so they don't get stopped by security and, oh, and frisked down and things. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, good good stuff there. I think I think McGee hit like hit like twenty seven threes against Carolina the night they beat <laughs> the night they beat Carolina at the Dean Dome in twenty. I think it was winter of twenty seventeen. I think going to the twenty eighteen season. Well, wait a minute. Okay, if that's the case, I I can find that pretty quickly here, Ken Palm. It was it was Dece- it was it was December. It was like right the week before Christmas. Okay, so they won 79-75. Fletcher McGee. Well, this is interesting. Your 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 memory does not serve you quite correctly. He only hit 4 of 12 threes. Oh, it was only 4 of 12. I see. I remember him hitting like a million. So, well, he was also 6-11 from inside the arc. He did finish So he was he was scoring. Oh, okay. Okay. So he filled it up. He just didn't. He it, they weren't all from downtown. This wasn't no. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name from Florida State, Darius Dilkies or whatever the hell his name was, who hit a million from downtown. That's oh, a whole different I, story. It, We're going off I, on a tangent. The one I remember is uh, Hopper, um, the the kid who never took a two pointer. Oh, yeah, you could say that about him. from from about four or five years back. Good grief! That's yeah. If they played Carolina, I'm sure there were plenty of guys that did that. <laughs> Can't guard the three to save their lives. All right, let's go. I digress. The, let's get to the eastern portion of Division One basketball. The Metro Atlantic, Iona loses to Ryder on Sunday. That means they've now lost two games in conference. Uh, I, I think their at-large bid is out the door. They're going to have to win the conference title. 100%. I agree. Siena, by the way, sits atop that conference at 6-1. and one. Their only loss was just the other day at Canisius. They host Iona on January 27. Over in the Ivy, Cornell got the win it needed against Yale on Friday, 94-82. Yale led that game 70-57 with about 10 minutes to go. Cornell finishes on a 37-12 explosion. Woo! You talk about dropping the hammer on some boys. Good night. Yeah, Cornell is now 4-1. and one. They beat Columbia today. And shockingly, Yale fell to 1-3 and three with that loss. They yeah. are playing Brown as we speak. They're up 39-36 at halftime, but they're even having some trouble with Brown at home. Starting to feel like the, the Bulldogs are going to have to scramble to, to get into the Ivy League tournament. We'll see, though. They're only a game back. There's lots, of, lots to be played. But Yale, underwhelming so far. Over in the Patriot League, Colgate... Wins at Army back on January 9th. They, too, will probably be one of those teams that is favored in every game the rest of the season. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the case here. Especially, especially if uh, you said you said Colgate beat Army on the road. Yep. At West, yeah, Colgate in the driver's seat. All, any any path to the Patriot League title is uh, is running through Colgate. All right, let's move now to the Atlantic 10, which does not have 10 teams in the conference. They have like 15, I think it is. But 15 I also or 25 or something, yeah. But I also realized this this conference is named the Atlantic 10. It features teams in Dayton, St. Louis. Only 10 of their 15 teams are in states that touch the Atlantic Ocean. Loyola of Chicago. I'm from Chicago. What is, <laughs> what is an Atlantic Ocean? 
I mean, that's ridiculous. That, that That's how huge the Atlantic 10 has gotten. They have teams that aren't even touching the Atlantic Ocean. Well, so the ACC does too. It's stupid. They've yeah, at but at got, least they don't have a number attached to them that's wrong as well. <laughs> just the over-expansion of conferences. It's, it's, just, it's just awful. But anyway, VCU beats Dayton 63-62. Uh, th- this was almost Reggie Miller-ish. Dayton had a 62-58 lead and the ball Brutal. with 34 seconds left to go. VCU gets a steal and a three, then a steal and a two, and in 18 seconds, they had the lead. Without having to foul. Yeah, without having to foul. Uh, without Dayton ever getting over onto their own side of the court. Ex- yeah, exactly. Exactly. In the MEAC, another questionable finish. Howard defeats Norfolk State 86-84 after Joe Bryant Jr. of Norfolk hit a short jumper with a second left to give his team an 84-83 lead. Then what happened? Then they ran on the court to celebrate and got hit with a technical foul. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes, they ran onto the court, but it was not egregious. It was celebratory. It was excitement. There was one second left. The clock had let's, already stopped. Just let yeah, the kids exactly. get back on the sideline and play the game. Instead, were they trying free throws and steals the game? Were they trying to inbound the ball here? I mean, was there an effort to to run a play off, straight off? I I didn't see it in the no. replay. No. Yeah. So let's use a little judgment here. And let's go to the spirit of the rule as opposed to the letter of the law. And let's not screw teams over for celebrating a big-time play. That, that simple as that. No, we weren't fighting. We weren't, you know, you know, getting in anybody's face. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't any taunting going on. Come on. Let, let's do better, referees. I understand that, yes, they ran onto the court. But let's, let's use a little common sense here. Come on. Brutal. Uh, hopefully things will get sorted out in the end. Uh, but what that did do is it left Morgan State as last unbeaten team in the MEAC. For their trouble, Morgan State now has to travel to Howard on Saturday and then host Norfolk State on Monday. Kind of got a hunch next time we talk, they're not going to be unbeaten anymore. Just a, a just, just a hunch. <laughs> in the Sun Belt, this is a wild conference. Five teams are tied at four and two. Three more are three and three. Four more are two and four. That's everybody in the conference except one in five Arkansas State. Yeah, so, so everybody except for Arkansas State's within two games of the conference lead. It's wide open. There might almost be as much parity in the Sun Belt as there is in the Big 12 as far as your gap from top to bottom. Almost. Well, you know, the Sun Belt gave us a great football season. It looks like they're trying to give us an even better basketball season. I hope so. I, I'm hoping that that more conferences look at what the Sun Belt did and try to copy what they did. Because I'm convinced within five years, and hell, we might even be doing the same more in five years, but within five years, the uh, the Sun Belt will be the consistent top of the group of five conferences as far as football goes. So if, if the basketball plays out the same way, good for them. This is good stuff. Well, that may be because there's only five conferences left in college football because there's going to be 30 teams in every conference. The exact, well, yeah, that, very good point on that. So, The, the way the Sun Belt is constructed, and even in it's, it's, the, best, it's the best example of ex, ge, geographical expansion while also maintaining the stuff that makes college athletics what it is. So good on you, Sun Belt. What you, that the what you the mean is they didn't try to take in Rutgers. Exactly. And, and, and they're not they're, they're not bringing in Fresno State to be part exactly. of the conference from across the way, you know? <laughs> they're not expanding with they're not going to bring Eastern Washington out of, you know, <laughs> out of FCS to join the Sun Belt because it doesn't work ge- geographically. So come on. Well, come on. So it doesn't I don't think the sun ever rises in Eastern Washington. Well, you're not wrong on that. Good Lord. A couple more conferences before we get to the schedule of the coming week. In the Big South, Asheville picks up a really big victory, 54-46 over Longwood. That was a true rock fight. Yeah, that's uh, we were talking about defensive defensive games earlier. Good, good grief. But yeah, Asheville needed that one. 
stays tied atop the uh, league standings, given along with their first loss. So something to keep an eye on in, in the uh, in the Big South as Bulldogs uh, draw even. And finally, in the Southern, Samford defeats Chattanooga 75-74, coming back from 19 points down to remain unbeaten in conference. Mm, big time comeback. So we have finally caught up to where we are right now. So let's take a look. The, you're saying that you're saying the DVR is caught up once and for all. Yeah, the DVR is cleaned out. The, okay. the DVR gimmick can be put to rest. Okay, at, at least for at least for until next season. Okay. So let's take a look at games coming up this week, starting with Tuesday, and at 4 p.m. We mentioned the big game on the mothership: Kansas at Kansas State. Cannot wait for that one. That's a big, big, big time showdown. On the mothership, starting an hour later, I don't even have TV on this. Texas is at Iowa State in a, another huge Big Twelve game. Uh, you know, cross you know, the starting at the end of the first half. That's a weird time slot for the league there, but that's two big games starting an hour apart. Okay, let me just say two words: Big Twelve, ESPN. Guess where the game is. Oh, no. Did they get the West Virginia treatment? They got the West Virginia treatment. That's a top 15 game, for God's sake! <laughs> Come on! Yes, it is. It's on the plus. Holy crap! I mean, I've got the plus. I can flip it on if I want, but come on! Also known as the West Virginia treatment. The, the West Virginia the West Virginia Sports Network, WVSN. Well, well, we'll get to that to, on Wednesday. And I'll, just, we'll get I'll there. just give it to you right now. On Wednesday uh, at 4 p.m., TCU at West Virginia on the plus. There we go. Right there. TCU also get, getting stuck on WVSN. As well. Hey, real fast, going back to Tuesday. Uh, I just want Alabama's on the road at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt knocked off Arkansas in Nashville over the weekend. Very high, uh, high energy, high, uh, high, high t- uh, tension. Jerry Stackhouse got thrown out of the game. Oh, there were all sorts of shenanigans. Right. Yes. So keep an eye on Vandy hosting Alabama Tuesday night. I, I, am not saying Vandy's good enough to beat Bama, but they might be feisty enough to give him a fight, and that's what I want to see. Uh, you almost got a fight out of Jerry Stackhouse that night. Jerry I, Stackhouse. All dressed in black. That dude still looked like he could play ball. He was a scary individual right then. Jerry Stackhouse is, may, he might be the all-time ca- team captain of the Stay Ready All-Stars. You do not mess with dudes from Kinston, North Carolina. Let me tell you that. He will fight anybody. He, go, look, up his, look up his hard foul in the NBA Finals on Shaq. In 2006, this guy ran Shaq down from behind and tackled him. Shaq, prime Shaq here. Maybe, maybe a little past his prime. It was 2006. A little past his, little past his prime. But still, he tackled Shaquille O'Neal in an NBA Finals game. Stackhouse ain't scared of nobody. I promise you that. Let's just put it this way: If I was Mitch Blood Green and I ended up in a dark alley with Mike Tyson and Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, I did not see that coming. Up, Mitch Blood Green. (laughs) Oh my God, that's great! That's fantastic. Uh, We already started talking about the Wednesday schedule. At 6 p.m., you've got Oklahoma at Oklahoma State on the U. Arkansas at Missouri on the SEC Network, and Providence Marquette on CBS Sports, all at 6 p.m. That's a, that's decent picture-in-picture picture action. Going to Thursday, 3.30, starting early, Rutgers at Michigan State on Fox Sports 1. Big, big, Big Ten game. That's a good Big Ten game there, absolutely. At 7.30, you got UCLA at Arizona State. The Sun Devils are really frisky. They're they're making a serious run toward an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament. That's on Fox Sports 1. Yeah, big opportunity for the curtain of distraction on FS1 there to see if they bust it out for the for the 7th rate Bruins. Yeah, the kids have got to be back in school by now. Absolutely. We're in the we're, we're by, by the time that game gets played, you can call it late January 
at that point. Also, same night, USC at Arizona. If, if the Wildcats want to get things back on track, now would be a nice time to do it. That game's on the Pac-12 Network at 6 o'clock. And then on Friday, this is your late-night get-back on the Mountain West. It's Boise at New Mexico State on Fox Sports 1. Get it while you can, absolutely. And then starting out on Saturday, full day of basketball as usual, early game, 9 a.m. Vegas time, Miami of Florida at Duke on ESPN. When Miami beats them on their home court, I say there needs to be fans rushing the Duke court. <laughs> I, I hope Miami slaps the floor yes, while playing defense against Duke, just that, like Warren Sapp had him do back in the day down in Coral Gables. So we'll see what happens. Duke needs a win to, to right the ship here. We'll see if they've got one uh, for the Hurricanes. That's a big-time ACC game. At 10 a.m., TCU is at Kansas. That's on Paramount Network. I get, they've got Paramount. They're they're running on CBS too. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to get your ESPN Plus reaction out of that. God, God, oh, I no sold your joke. I apologize <laughs> on the Paramount Network. That's good. On CBS Sports at ten thirty, Navy Army for the first time. Oh, okay. That that that'll work. And then probably the best game of the day at eleven on ABC. It's UCLA at Arizona. Arizona in a must-win situation at home. The yeah, so the, it kind of feels like the Cats with their backs to the wall this week. Uh, we'll see how they we'll see how they respond here. Also at eleven, either on ESPN two or ESPN U is going to be Virginia at Wake Forest. Pretty good ACC game there. Yeah, on, on the ESPN network. So I guess that could be on West Virginia Sports Network too. You, yes, it could. Know, so. <laughs> At 1 p.m., Marquette at Seton Hall on CBS Sports. Seton Hall is a team that can beat anybody on any given time and then lose to really bad teams. Yeah, Seton Hall at home there, that's that's a, that, that's a good matchup. At 2 p.m., your North Carolina Tar Heels hosting North Carolina State on the ACC Network. That game's picked up a lot more buzz here over the past couple of weeks. The Wolf, the Wolfies on a, on a winning streak now. The, I think they've gotten Kevin Keats off the hot seat for the time being, but if he wants to keep that hot seat uh, a little cool, he needs a win over the guys down the road, and they'll t- he'll talk him up for this. We'll see if Carolina can get up for a big game. Their inconsistency is. Uh, Driving. Speaking of things going up, my, my blood pressure is going up with every performance that Star Heels have this season. So we'll see. At 3 p.m., apparently an apology to both Texas and West Virginia. That game is going to be on either ESPN or ESPN2. I'll believe it when I see it, okay? Well, let's just see what happens. West Virginia needs a win. That's a long, long flight to Morgantown. We'll see what Texas has. CSPN Classic still exists. I think they didn't they nuke it last was it last year too? I think they I nuked think it too. They they might put this it. on ESPN News. How about that? That no, that's a that's a possibility. At seven PM on the U, USC is at Arizona State. And on Fox Sports One at eight, Oregon at Stanford. Good pair of Pac twelve games. Full slate of basketball there for you to uh, if if you're not interested or you know, don't care about the NFL playoff games going on Saturday. Although I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure the booking committee will will keep things interesting uh, on both on both of those games. It is getting a little curious how, how every single game has some wild storyline swerve that d- d- always seems to happen. I don't know what that's, that's just you can't explain it. You know, it's almost like it's fixed or something. <laughs> fixed or something, huh? Fi- yeah, I, I, let's lean towards something. But, you know, I'm just saying there's a little bit of invisible hand out there. That's all I want to say. Are, are, are you so saying the NFL might soon be sold to the Saudis? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. In fact, I, in fact, I saw three guys with a combined 3,000 followers tweet it, and everybody swore it was, uh, swore it was, was, was real. So. On Sunday, not too big of a card. I'm sure that has to do with the NFL. Memphis yep. at Cincinnati on ESPN2. At 10 a.m. is your top game. Yeah, Butler's at UConn, Maryland's at Purdue, Temple's at Houston. All those games relatively early to avoid the uh, the playoff doubleheader. And then on Monday, it's pretty much your first big Monday of the year. At 14... why are there only like six big Mondays now? God, I hate the NFL. I know. I'm awful. With I'm with you. 
Duke is at Virginia Tech at 4 p.m. on ESPN. That's followed up with Kansas and Baylor on the mothership. In Waco, that's a big-time game. Kansas is going to have to get up for that one. Baylor's, uh, Baylor's more than ready to, uh, to get a win in the column there. Yeah, and there, there's no – it's not a true Big Monday because Big Monday used to be a triple header. And it's there's a triple no header, exactly. Game. I know, it's a bunch of crap. It, it, it was always – it was the Big East – the was it Big East, Big Ten? No, Big East, Big, it was, it was 12, Big 12. The or Big, Big West. Let's be right. It was the Big East, Big Eight. It was the Big Eight at that time. Okay, yeah. And then, and then it was the Big West, and it was usually UNLV beating some poor jabroni out on the million coast. Points. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Fullerton, Santa Barbara, Pacific. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Hey, also at 6 p.m. is New Mexico at Nevada on CBS Sports. That'll be a good game. And Good Mountain West as we game, mentioned yeah. briefly, at 4.30 on the U, Norfolk at Morgan State. Ah, yes, your MEAC game that we were talking about earlier. So. And that does it. That'll bring us back around to Monday night where you will find the next edition of Sixth Year Seniors talking college basketball for a solid hour. Be ready to roll with it, absolutely. Well, for Mitch Bloodgreen, Tony Tubbs, and James Bonecrusher Smith, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll be back next week talking basketball, talking manipulated professional sports, pro wrestling, God knows what else, right here on Six Year Seniors.